Good evening. Welcome to the party. It is Apologetics.com Radio, where we challenge believers to think and thinkers to believe. Uh, I'm John. I'm live in studio with Chris. How are you doing, man? I'm doing pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, life is good. Yep. It's Friday. Dude, is it? Or is it Saturday? It's Friday. See, I think it's Friday, too. It's it's Friday until I go to sleep. Yeah, no, I guess it's Saturday. I know. Like, that's always, it always messes me up. This is like the topic of discussion we always have. I don't know what they do. But hey, guys, I just want to let you guys know that you are listening live. It is March. Oh my gosh, it's March. March 5th. Uh, <laughs> that's crazy. It's it's March 5th. And uh, you're listening live if you're listening on March 5th. And you can call us because we really would love to hear from you. And the phone number is going to be 888 888- Nine nine five 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 two. That's eight 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 nine nine five K K L A. And we'd love to hear your questions. Uh, anything to do with values, ethics, religion, um, worldview stuff, philosophy, of course, apologetics, and uh, anything else that you might want to bring our way. Something maybe you're struggling with. Uh, maybe we could lend some advice. Eight 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 nine nine five 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 two. And uh, yeah, you guys make the show really happen. I mean, the reason why we do it is for you, our listeners, and we love hearing from you. So don't hold back. I'd love to just hear how you're doing and, and you can call us. Um, I'd rather talk to you than, than talk to Chris, to be honest with you tonight. So it's messed up. Hey man, I'm not trying to offend you or anything, but <laughs> no, it's the truth. Okay. I, it's the truth. And I tell the truth because gosh, dang it. I'm a Christian mm. and I never lie. <laughs> so, um, no, but we do want to hear from you guys. And, oh, speaking of hearing from you, I want to say a, a big, huge thank you to all of you guys who have supported us financially in the last month. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You guys actually keep us on the air. Every penny that you donate goes towards our airtime here. Uh, those of us that are sit behind this microphone, we're all volunteers and you make the really you literally make it happen every week. So thank you so much. And I, I want to challenge those of you who maybe haven't ever supported us or haven't in a while. If you listen regularly and this is something that you feel like you gained from, we'd love to partner with you uh, financially. And, and you can do that by going to apologetics.com. You can click that donate button and right then and there you can make your tax deductible donation uh, to us and help keep us on the air. We are the station's longest running program, by the way. Amazing. I think we've been live on the air for 22 years. I haven't even been a Christian for 22 years, which is like really, really cool. So anyways, uh, those are the formalities. And now, uh, Chris, man, what do you want to talk about tonight? Well, we were here two weeks ago and we started a conversation about eschatology um, and we kind of scratched the surface. It'd be nice to get back into that. I think so too. Well, you know what? You've been involved in a, in a pretty cool project, putting together something. You've been taking on kind of editor in chief. Uh, would you want to talk about the magazine a little bit? Sure. <clears throat> so I started developing this idea. Um, I think, well, first of all, I think there's a vacuum or a void in Christendom today. Um, Our eschatology has been largely dominated by um, a dispensational premillennial kind of understanding. Um, And for those of us who don't know what that is, it's the left behind type stuff. It's the rapture kind of like everything. That book series. And then it was a movie. Yeah. Um, Who was in that? 
Kirk Cameron. Kirk, Kirk Cameron. And then Nick Cage. Nick Cage, yeah. Did a remake. Yeah. I mean, gosh, it has to be true if Nick Cage is in Exactly. There. So anyway, <laughs> that, that's, that's been the dominant eschatology that is kind of um, most of us, my generation, I'm 40 years old. That's, that's what we've grown up in, um, in our Christian lives. Um, that's the, the air we breathe. And I think that it is kind of been exhausted to the point to where a lot of people are either done with that altogether, that kind of belief system, or they kind of might still hold to it, but are just kind of, uh, it's a little too crazy. It's a little too weird. People talking about this is the next thing, or this is this is when it's actually going to happen. Well, we're experiencing this now, exactly. Right with with, uh, with exactly. Russia, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna name names. So Russia and Ukraine. Yeah, I've 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 heard it, and I don't even watch the news ever. Like I don't really look at anything, and I've seen it kind of leak through my filters, and it's like, right. oh well, you know, the Ukraine is this nation mentioned in Revelation, Gog and, the, and Magog, and yeah, all and that it's stuff. just like, well, again. You know, yeah. how, many, how many nations have represented Gog and Magog? Yeah, and I think you know, I years. think we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. It was like when the European Union was gathering, and there was yeah. ten nations in the European yeah, Union yeah. at one time. It was like, ah, that's it. That's and the, the remember the euro horns. when everything went to the euro, yeah, exactly. people like flipping out. And one I world think there's like a woman riding a beast on the euro, or some people interpret it that way. Yeah. And so it just became this whole thing, and every new situation, <laughs> it's a new reason to kind of like hyperventilate over this you know new development in geopolitics and i think people are tired man i think people are just done and i'm not trying to bag on anybody that believes in that um system but at the same time it is important to realize that uh believers throughout church history have believed various different interpretations on eschatology and times and how these things are going to happen. And the dispensational premillennial understanding is the newest. And honestly, I think that it, it it's, we're at a point now where people, Christians who want to know, because it is important to know, I think eschatology does matter. Um, they want to know, uh, you know, like they want to get back to, I guess, those those foundational kind of understandings. The Puritans, um, for the large part, were all post-millennial. So a lot of the institutions that we have that have kind of built into our culture and and kind of uh, created sort of the uh, higher, educa- higher education culture in our country were all uh, – they were all post-mill. So – you know, all the Ivy League schools and all that all started as divinity schools built by post-millennial Puritans who were thinking long term. And they were thinking about uh, investing in our culture and creating a Christian culture, um, kind of marrying both the sacred and the secular as opposed to separating them as two uh, distinct things. Yeah. And so anyway, people are trying to. There's a ton there, like in what oh, you just man, said, dude, because like. We can right there, right there. You kind of it's a perfect. I don't know if we want to go there yet, but it's a natural lead in like why this matters. You know, I feel like that's also like I want you to keep going on what you're saying, but I want to make sure that we get back to like the very practical outworking of this and why these conversations matter. Um, Listen, 
I, I don't really have a, a dog in this fight. There's, I don't have a, 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 chick, a, a, a chip in this cookie. Right. Uh, you can believe whatever you want about end times. I haven't done a ton of research right. on it. You know, I just know that the more I look at the world around me and the more I read the scriptures, the more uh, a post-millennial view of uh, a, 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 the, the eschatological position of post-millennialism makes the most sense. Yeah. But it, it, it also, I think, is the best as far as living it out and the best outlook on things. And then you just mentioned it, the, the universities in this, I mean, you look at the major Ivy leagues, like the four or five first ones that were in this country, Harvard, Yale, Princeton, mm-hmm. um, maybe not Princeton, Harvard, Yale, a, a, a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. They were all founded by churchmen right. seeking to do church business, right. mainly train up missionaries right. to spread the faith. Right. And, uh, and they did that from a post-millennial viewpoint because right. it's a viewpoint of conquering, right? right. Where you, we, we want to go out and we know who our savior is. We know he's won the war. We won the battle mm-hmm. and things will get better. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we're going to participate in that. Right. So it's a, it's a really positive for me. It's a very positive view of and very it, it, optimistic. Yeah, yeah. It's optimistic is the word. So anyways, yes. I didn't mean to interrupt you. It's just like a good point. I feel. Yeah. Like. I think, you know, and that's, and that's, I think, what we need to get back to. And I, like I was saying, there's a there's a void there. There's a vacuum there. And the dispensational kind of era, I think, is coming to an end. And eschatology does matter. And I think a lot of people are agnostic eschatologically. And they're like, you know, I've been burnt out by the dispensational kind of method or the dispensational system. And I just don't know where I'm at anymore. Sure. And I think that... Um, it's important for us to press in. It's important for us to press into this this season, to press into this era, and really kind of like re-kind of ignite that Puritan spirit, that reignite that 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 eschatology of old, um, and get back to um, man, just building and um, taking dominion um, to press the crown rights of Jesus. Um, he's on the throne yeah, and he is ruling and reigning. All that we are called to do is to go there for, because yeah. he's ruling and reigning and disciple the That's nations. Right. And disciples. part of that, part of that is discipling, uh, through, you know, our vocation, discipling through our personal relationships, di- discipling through, you know, the institutions and businesses that we build and, through the post mill eschatology, that system, there is no break in this kingdom. There is no break in this this reign. Yeah. It is only progressing. So as we do what we're called to do, God is continually, like the mustard seed parable, like the leaven parable, is establishing his kingdom. And yeah. we get to be a part of that. Yeah. And we get to victoriously, optimistically engage in that, knowing that God is He's won. Yeah. He's ruling. He's sitting at the right hand of he's, the throne. Yeah, absolutely. It's over. Yeah, the king has let's been just crowned. En- let's just engage. We're not thinking about escaping, rapturing out of here. You know, the world's not going to hell in a handbasket, although it does seem like that in some seasons. Sure. Ultimately, uh, Christ reigns, man. And it's so anyway, all that to say, um, the project that I'm working on is a. It's an endeavor to equip people who already have a post-mill eschatology framework to um, put their hands on their shovels and begin to <laughs> figure out how, how we do this. Like, how do we, okay, Christ is ruling and reigning. 
he's he's we're not going to be raptured anytime soon uh so we think so what do we do now it's it's putting our hands on the shovel getting to work start building start establishing uh basically a christendom 2.0 you yeah. know what i mean and i think that the project that i'm working on will will focus on that but it will also focus on establishing the th- the eschatological framework of how that happens so or how that works so for um the the first issue that i'm actually um starting to talk with th- different theologians and different uh contributors we're trying to establish the eschatological framework of how building christian culture will actually flourish for the next you know, thousand, two thousand, three thousand, four thousand years, and what that looks like. And so, we're going to have, uh, you know, contributors who are kind of the the top dogs in the the post millennial kind of side of things. Guys that have written amazing um, books and works. Um, Ken Gentry is uh, one of the guys that we have um, contributing to the magazine and his book, he shall have dominion was really influential for me right on as far as like building up this framework in my own heart. Um, we also are, 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 you know, talking with, or we have another, uh, contributor. His name is Nathan Anderson and he actually, um, is a filmmaker and he created a documentary that's actually on YouTube that people can watch. It's called on earth as it is in heaven. And it's probably one of the, most impactful presentations of the post-millennial framework that you can find online because it's all video. It's all sure. interviews. With That's awesome. Really influential, really um, smart post-mill guys explaining the system and explaining the eschatology for people that are unfamiliar. And so um, we have him contributing. We also have a few other pastors um uh, contributing as well, so we're we're trying to build up this this magazine into a um, a culture building. So we're going to have blue collar entrepreneurial type pieces in there as well, um, but also an eschatological kind of framework kind of component. Um, but also culture needs art, and so we're going to have there you go. We're going to have some art in there. I'm a graphic designer, so we're going to have. <laughs> it's basically just going to be this kind of culture, um, eschatological kind of smorgasbord of, of stuff all packed into a a magazine. And, um, it's being kind of framed out as we speak. Um, I'll have more to talk about, you know, in the coming months, but, um, it's coming together. We've got, um, I've got a few articles already submitted for the first issue and I'm pretty excited about that. Um, and the art is being worked on as we speak. So, Anyway, it's a it's a cool it's a cool project. I'm stoked um, <laughs> about it. I'm I'm happy that I get to kind of like exercise my own giftings, being the art side. And <clears throat> well, it's also you're kind of practicing what you're preaching here, right? So taking dominion, yeah, um, and seeking to further the kingdom of God through uh, a very artistic format, a magazine, ultimately. And oftentimes, I can think of maybe one other Christian magazine. There's a magazine called Salvo. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Mm-hmm. it they, they, they do a really great job at their hard copy magazines. They have a website too, but um, they, they, they're they usually you know hip and they, they look good. The design's done well. 
And uh, because that's part of it, right? And in, in something that you wrote that you, you sent to me, you said our lack of civil engagement, our almost unanimous withdrawal from higher education, our surrender to secularism, our lack of focus on the arts, entertainment, and even politics, I believe, is all coming to an end. Our world is, has suffered too long and <clears throat> because the ambassadors to our culture, representatives which were meant to change it and bring it to Christ have been preoccupied with escaping the world instead of engaging it. Mm. And that's one of the reasons that, I mean, this is why what we believe matters, right? Ideas have consequences. Right. And the idea of what the world, where the world is heading, uh, end times, uh, esch our eschatological views actually matter. And this is a great example of you trying to take your talents, which you've been gifted with by God, and uh, and and putting them, put, putting them in play, mm -hmm. you know, in a in a very significant way. I'm super stoked for the uh, the magazine to come out. So okay. I want to define just just kind of catch up on where we kind of left off and define our terms a little bit because mm -hmm. we've already used them a bunch. But yeah, okay. So post millennialism in two or three sentences, how would you define it? Well, um, you know, the eschatological systems that are generally agreed upon are the premillennial or classic premillennial position, um, the millennial position and the post-millennial position. And all of those are named uh, according to the millennium that is referenced or, or spoke about in Revelation 20. So all of those positions kind of are in uh, named according to where they believe Jesus will return whether it's before the millennium or after the millennium. The millennium is the, is that time where Jesus is reigning in like the yeah. earth is everything. It says is a good. thousand years, yeah. thousand years, yeah. literal thousand years. Well, some, yeah. Yeah. I mean, depending on what you believe. Exactly. And then there is the, also the, um, kind of the neo premillennialism, which is more of the dispensational premillennialism, which is actually probably the most popular es eschatology in America. Well, probably the world, um, since, about the 1900s. Um, but like I was saying earlier, that is, I think, coming to an end. Um, and and it's all, it, it, I think it's going to kind of run its course um, soon. Um, so yeah, that those are the, those are the main four yeah. uh, eschatological positions. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. Right on. And okay, so I want to try to get into the, the nitty gritty, like where we've basically been going this time so you're a post-millennialist yeah i'm a post-millennialist yeah. why w how does that play out in my everyday life how does it play out in your life well why, why should why why does this even matter why does this discussion matter we briefly touched on it right but how how do i well the simplest way to kind of describe the difference is up until i started thinking about what we're doing here and how long we're going to be here and all of this kind of stuff. I had never thought about my great grandkids. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, sure. Never. I'd never given one second of a thought towards the generations behind me, my yeah. kids and their kids and their kids and their kids. Yeah. I thought about my kids, but not like the, the, the lineage, legacy, the yeah. lineage and, um, and the, the covenantal kind of like investment that, um, my life will have in the life of my, you know, uh, descendants. And I think that once you realize that, or once you view kind of our timeline in this way, it, things begin to be a lot more 
important and 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 like you had said it um, or you read it, it, it you know our our preoccupation has been oh this world is it's only going to get worse yeah and we Jesus come back please yeah. come back Jesus come back uh, uh, come back now Jesus and yes we do want Jesus to come back absolutely please, God right now but the and that should be clearly stated too. Exactly. Our position includes uh, definitely, you know, a, a, a physical appearance of Jesus. Yes, coming back. Right, definitely. And but I think that, like you had said, psychologically, it does something. You know, when you are thinking Jesus is going to save us from this hellhole, <laughs> you know, any minute. Yeah. Uh, you 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 lose sight of the discipling the nations uh, aspect sure. of the Great Commission. You lose sight of the um, long-term kind of investment that I believe we're called to do here in um, building institutions, you know, investing in our descendants after us and all these things that I believe Christians as the salt of the earth are called to do. um, We lose sight of that and we think about escaping the world rather than engaging the world. And I think that that is probably the biggest um, day-to-day mindset change that I've had in my life of just refocusing and and it's it's hard to put your finger on it but it really is a uh it's a worldview change it's a it's it it changes the way you view the 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 way you view um everything it changes the lens you know yeah. what I'm saying yeah absolutely and I I totally agree with that you know when I kind of experienced this the shift, and I, I didn't even know I was a dispensational um, d- until after I became post millennial. Um, just it's just what I learned, you know. I was a fairly new Christian; nobody used these terms around me and stuff, so I kind of fell into that because it's a prevailing view out there. I feel like, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> there was this sense of kind of like hunkering down in our own conclaves, hiding, waiting until Christ comes back, and then kind of jumping out and heralding. Christ, but the the post millennial perspective is no 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 we we do that now like you've you've used the term or the phrase take dominion right. you know uh, the 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 world is is ours right it I mean everything that is Christ's is ours and we lay claim to it and it's time for us to go out there and take dominion over all these aspects it also m- motivates me in living out my theology very practically right in spheres that. Uh, that I mean, my marriage, for example, right? I take charge of my marriage in a in a way that is very real because of my outlook on eschatology. Uh, the way I view justice and and um, and and race issues, especially recently, the way I view the, even the problem of evil, mm-hmm. you know, I, I view the problem of evil very very differently because of the way I I um I, the, the way my shift in eschatology has happened. Um, so there are practical outworkings. You know what? We have a caller actually. So let's take our first caller here. We have uh, Dominique, I think. Hey, Dominique, are you with us? Hey, how's it going? Hey, what's going on? Did I say your name correctly? Uh, yeah, you did. You got it correct. Fantastic. Yeah, all I have is you have a question. So what's that question, man? Yeah, yeah so I have a friend that's uh, very dear and near to me. Uh, her name is Alex. and Well, uh, she, she explains herself as... Um, or she identifies herself as a Christian. However, um, she has um, explained to me as well that she 
is not ready to follow God and she wants to find him on his own time. And for now she wants to live in the world and she's going out to clubs and she's, um, giving into her, uh, her gay side. I would guess you would call it. She, she's, um, bisexual and she still wants to continue to, um, I guess, uh, to go forward with that side of her, um, but she still says that she believes in God and believes in what she says. I, I guess my question is, how would I go about um, that situation if, if I could do anything? Yeah, I think that's a. That, I mean, it's a great question, uh, Chris. I'm going to have. Do you have any advice, or do you want me to start? Or I would just, you know, I think it's important. Um, I think it's as important as it is to comfort and come alongside those who are doubting or confused about their faith. It is just as important to speak truth. Yeah. And it is just important uh, uh, to communicate what the Word of God says. And so I think that um, although, you know, we, we want to be as loving and and try to be as genuinely compassionate to people that are trying to figure things out. Um, sometimes people need to hear the, the, the yeah. honest truth. And um, yeah, I, mean, I, I agree. They need to hear the truth. I think your friend, you, I think you said her name was Alex. And so Alex is saying she believes one thing. I'd ask questions, man. I'd, I'd say uh, you, you say you believe in God. Well, what's that mean? What does God look like to you? You know, what, uh, then why have you come to the conclusions that you have? And then if, 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 I mean, if she is admitting that she believes in God, uh, the, the same God that we believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of the Bible, um, that means something. And this is all coming out of concern that at least it would come from me, from, from me for a friend, it would come out of concern because where she's living is a very dangerous place. You know, uh, there's a there's a reality to the things that we believe. Ideas have consequences. I've already said it once this show. Our ideas have consequences. So, if we're living in a you know in a world where God exists, it'd be important to understand what God that is, and also what that God has dictated according to His own morality, His own uh, views of how we should live. So. Um, you know, through questioning and, and just kind of helping her flush out her views, I think maybe you can make some make some headway. Um, uh, but I would definitely ask strategic questions of her, make her kind of defend and think about her positions. Um, where I, I hear the music coming on, uh, Dominique. So uh, did that help at all? No, absolutely did. Uh, yeah, I, I I just I have trouble with it because I, I feel like you know I, I want to. Give her the. Tr- I want to tell her the truth and, yeah. and and whatnot. And I, but I also feel as though like if I were to do that, she wouldn't. She wouldn't take it, and she would feel as though I'm attacking her in a way. You know. Yeah. Sure. How and about this? Can, can you just hold the line for like two minutes, and we'll come back, and we'll start the next oh. half hour talking to you? Is that cool? No worries. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Awesome. Just hold on with us, and uh, and we're going to go to break. This is Apologetics.com Radio, where we challenge believers to think and thinkers to believe. And we're going to be right back with Dominic live, and we'll talk to you in like 90 seconds. The mission of Apologetics.com is to challenge believers to think and thinkers to believe. 
on the radio, on the internet, and now in the Life of the Mind conferences. If you believe in the work that Apologetics.com is doing, we encourage you to support us with your prayers and also with your tax-deductible gift so that this ministry will continue on the air, on the web, and in events near you. Gifts of any amount are appreciated, and it's very simple to participate. Just go to Apologetics.com and click Donate. It's safe and secure. Or you can send your check or money order to Apologetics.com, 1900 Southwestern Avenue, San Pedro, California, 90732. Thank you for supporting Apologetics.com. When a fine musician gives a masterful performance... Some credit goes to the musician, but don't forget the composer. Hi, I'm Chuck Swindoll. Remember, the music is the composer's gift to the musician. Then the musician applies his or her skill to the composition to draw the best from it, to thrill the hearts of the listeners. What does that mean to us spiritually? God has created us. He's given us spiritual gifts, and now our goal should be His good pleasure in the exercising of those gifts. With God at work in us, we are to live to glorify Him, and that's music to His ears. Pastor and teacher Chuck Swindoll Visit Insight for Living's website at insight.org. This is John MacArthur with another edition of Portraits of Grace. The story is told of a missionary on board a ship who was awakened one night by a frantic cry of man overboard. Immediately he grabbed a portable lamp and held it at the window of his cabin. He couldn't see anything. The next morning he was told the flash of his lamp emitted just enough light to enable those on deck to see the man and rescue him. Wow. Darkness is even more debilitating in the spiritual realm because it represents sin. Fortunately, Christians have been called out of darkness into God's marvelous light. Praise Him for granting you the saving grace and the illumination of His Spirit so that you could recognize His truth and respond accordingly. Be a light that shines for the sake of others. This is John MacArthur looking forward to bringing you more Portraits of Grace. All right, let's get back to the Apologetics.com radio show. And just like that, we're back. In the twinkling of an eye, we're back. (laughs) We're back. Back in the seats, back in the saddle again. Chris and I here, Apologetics.com radio, where you challenge believers to think and thinkers to believe. And we've been talking about post-millennial stuff, but then we got pleasantly interrupted by a caller, yep. Dominique, with a question. And I'm going to bring Dominic back on, I hope. Are you there with us, Dominic? Um, yes, sir. Dominic, awesome. He's here. And, and you called in, and I'm just going to kind of bring for a brief summary. Uh, you have a friend. Her name is Alex. And uh, she's kind of struggling. You know, she's she's a self-professed – well, you said believer in God. I don't know if she professes to be a Christian. I haven't clarified that yet. But believer in God. Yeah, she, she does. Okay, so she says she's a Christian. She identifies as a Christian. Um, but then she's also chasing, uh, you know, um, a, a, 
uh, bisexual li- lifestyle. I, I say that in scare quotes because I, I don't actually typically use that language to describe this stuff. So she she would also class, classify herself as a bisexual. Um, and right. and so she's saying, I believe in God, but I want to find God kind of on my own time. And she's really just trying to live it up. I'm, I'm assuming you guys are, are still young, probably in your 20s. Yeah, I'm 22 and she's 21. How did I know that? Yeah. <laughs> How did I know that? You know, I mean, and, and uh, you guys both live in L.A. And uh, L.A. is a yeah. fun place to live when you're 21 and 22. I know. I moved here when I was like 23. And I uh, thought I was going to own this city. And then I met Jesus. <laughs> but yeah, so <laughs> before we went to break, you were kind of saying that you had – you were just kind of concerned because – and I think it's a legitimate concern, Dominique. I think yeah. it's – Dominic. I think it's a, it's, a, it's a legitimate concern. You don't want to like kind of crush your friends. You certainly don't want to lose your friendship yeah. over it. And, and I think they're valid concerns, man. But at the same time, what does it profit a man to, to gain the world if he loses his soul, right? We, we, fear, we, 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 we don't fear man who can kill the body, but we fear God who can kill both the body and the soul. Right? So, and, and so uh, and honestly, the truly loving thing to do with Alex is to have these conversations in a way that's suitable. I'm not saying you, you don't want to you know, thump her over the head with your Bible. You don't want to like, you know, uh, I I travel the country and talk on a number of different topics, right? So I work for Stand the Reason. That's my, that's my real job. And the main, the the main subject I've been talking about for the last three years has been suicide. So I hear like incredible Mm -hmm. stories from people, sad and also very positive. And I had one young lady come up to me and she told me uh, that, her pastor and her friends have completely disowned her and told her she's going to hell because she's wrestling with her sexual identity. And this is from a 14 year old girl. We don't want to do that. <laughs> you know, yeah. we, we don't turn our back on people. We, we, we love people. Um, but at the same time, part of loving people is sharing the truth with them. And so Absolutely. kind of what my advice to you would be is to ask strategic questions of your friends. You say you're a Christian. What does that mean to you? Like what, what is Cause, cause when we label ourselves, when she says I'm bisexual, that means something, you know, at least she expects it to. So when she says that she's Christian, that means something. And, and I wonder if her ideas of what that means lines up with tr- true Christianity. And also yeah. she's playing with fire, man. Uh, you know, and, and, and people who play with fire, get burnt. And, and if you love her, you'd want to, you, you want to make, you want to pull her out of that fire. Um, but you do so, um, knowing full well that, that we don't resurrect anything. Right. So you can't save her. God will. Um, and so, so we got to be praying for her. What do you think about all that? I definitely, uh, wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. I, I, as, Myself, I definitely have um, to work on asking questions because uh, my, myself, the way that I am, is uh, I've never really, I guess you can say, I've never really struggled with God per se. Sure. I've always, I grew up in the church, and I've and I've always just had a strong faith in God, and I I never knew what it was like to not trust in God and to not know God, and so to have other people around that that will say stuff that I don't trust in God or, 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 or for instance, Alex's point of view, for me, it's kind of frustrating. Uh, and also I don't understand it very well either because I've not, I've never known that. Yeah. Um, and, and so I, I get kind of frustrated in a way and I'm just like, well, how, I don't get it. How do you not, how do you <laughs> not understand? 
Yeah, well, you're also not wrestling with the same things that she's wrestling with, right? She, she's, she is. It, yeah, it seems exactly. just, just from the very little you've described your friends, it, it seems like she knows that the the choices that the moral choices that she's making are uh, in conflict to what she believes God to be. That's why she's saying, yeah. "Well, I want to find them in my own time." Like what she's saying is, "Know what? Like I just want to do what I want to do uh, for right now." Yeah. And she's banking on she has a future and she's going to be able to kind of oh, yeah. uh, either manipulate her situation or somehow manipulate God yeah. um, and and kind of come out on top. And that's like I said, that's a really that's dangerous it. place to be, man. Um, and, and I, and I love the fact that you care enough about her to actually like, call in a radio show and ask for advice. You know, I think that's a really great thing, you know. Oh, so, yeah. so we could. Uh, one, one question is, would it. Um, would it be okay to like nudge her to church? Cause she, she goes to church and, and she says she loves it at church and she feels happy there and whatnot. But the one thing she, she mentioned to me is that she doesn't want to uh, feel pressured to go to church. Um, while she still loves it, she doesn't, she wants to go. She, she explained to me this. she said that she wants to find her relationship with God on her own terms whenever she's ready. And, and, she doesn't want to be pressured to go to church and whatnot. I feel like I might have done that a bit in the past. <laughs> However, I still got to go to church. Sure. I mean, I think uh, it's totally acceptable for her to go to church. I, I, I'd ask her again, man. So I'm all about questions when I'm talking to people. I'd ask her, like, uh, so you want to, like, wh- I honestly, like, right now, Dominic, like, talking to you, I have no idea what she means when she says, I want to find God on my own terms. That's just not yeah. how it works. And it's like, I, yeah. so I don't know, I, I want to know what she thinks that means, mm. you know, and I, yeah. I don't want to be pressured in the church. Like, well, what's that mean? The, me inviting you to church? Is that pressure? Because like, I love you and I want to kind of share my Sunday with you. And I, 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 I mean, I'm assuming you go to a good church or someplace that you're comfortable going. So and she's claiming to be yeah. a Christian. So it seems like on Sundays is the, the place for her is church, you know, and, yeah. uh, and so, no, I think inviting her there, there's a, there's a fantastic, have you ever heard the name Beckett Cook? Beckett Cook, I don't think I have, no. Okay, so Beckett Cook is a, is a really good friend of mine. He has an incredible YouTube channel. He also wrote a book okay. called Change of Affection. Now, this is, this guy is, I mean, he's unreal. He, he is, uh, so he was like a bigwig in Hollywood, uh, until fairly recently, until only a couple of years ago, he was a, a major set designer for fashion shoots. He was in commercials. He's an actor. He's a screenplay writer. He's done he's done everything in Hollywood. Super successful. Friends with everybody. Uh, he was sitting at a coffee shop in West L.A. here. And one day uh, he noticed a, a table of people sitting around their Bibles. So a friend, a, a gay friend of his, he, he's he's gay. Uh, a gay friend of his challenged him, said, hey, go ask what those guys are doing. So he walked over and said, hey, what are you guys doing? The guy said, hey, we're having a Bible study. And then he pressed in. Beckett said, well, do you believe homosexuality is a sin? And the guy said, that's, that's the way the Bible describes it, and that's what I believe. And it started the dialogue. Well, the guy asked him to go to church. And he went to church that weekend, and he ended up getting saved at that service. Mm. The way Beckett describes it is uh, he felt the, he literally just felt the Holy Spirit rush over him. And in that moment in church, listening to the pastor preach on Romans 8, said, I now recognize that the way that I'm living my life is not pleasing to God. God exists. I should be pleasing him. My sexual life, my sex life is not pleasing to him. Now, he's not straight. 
Uh, he still has, yeah. has same sex attractions, but he's chosen to live a, a life of celibacy because of yeah. this. And, and his book change of affection is absolutely phenomenal. One, I would recommend that you read it first, that, that you just buy okay. it and then you read it. And, um, and then two, if you like it, uh, I would maybe possibly try to give it to your friend say, Hey, I was just tell her the story. I called up a radio show. I asked him for advice. The, the host, uh, John said, I've read this book. I really liked it. I was wondering maybe if you'd read it with, uh, read it too. And I, and maybe we could talk about it. It'd be a great, it's, it's just a great introduction. And it also, he offers some very practical tips. Like he answers questions like, well, isn't it, it, it isn't it like kind of cruel of God, you know, to not let you live out your feelings towards men. You know, he answers these very practical, hard questions that all of us kind of wrestle with. Um, and it might be a great place for you to start. Um, so it's Beckett cook change of affection and you can hop on when we hang up, you can hop hop on and check out his YouTube channel. He he's doing like some really great, I'm literally traveling around the country with him, interviewing him in, on these stages of like, you know, we have like 3000 people in the audience and, and he is like, totally rocking it um and there's there's another name out there if you want a great resource similar situation his name is christopher yuan y-u-a-n christopher yuan has an another amazing story if you just google his name could google christopher yuan testimony and watch a 45 minute testimony his will knock you off your knock you off your feet so 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 there you have it man did that help do you have any more questions for us Actually, yeah, I was just, and that did help a lot. I'm definitely going to check you out. Awesome. Um, well, I just had one small little question. Uh, you see, I, I, I've actually gotten an opportunity to, I guess, um, start preaching at my home church. Word. And, um, and yeah, and it's really exciting, but it's really scary at the same time. And I, I guess the question is, um, how would you... <laughs> How would how would you say I, I recommend you know start getting prepared for for that and to anything that you would um, recommend for me to, to I guess prepare myself? Sure, man. Chris, you want to answer this? You're the pastor. Yeah, but you're the you're the <laughs> yeah. You know, I I share your uh, fear, Dominique. Um, I was a youth pastor a long time ago, but any time I've been asked to speak ever since then. I still get, um, you know, scared. And I, I would say my fear is less about stage fright and more about handling the word, um, rightly. Mm -hmm. And so I think that if, if, if you and Jesus are, are, are good, um, then Mm -hmm. your preparation will be fruitful and Mm -hmm. the words that you speak will be, Right on. Um, That's so good. Yeah. If you're not good with Jesus, and you know that, you know, in your own heart, in your own convictions and unconfessed sins and repentance and all that stuff, you're going to have, um, f- sorry for the French, but a hell of a time. Yeah. Um, and it's <laughs> not going to really be good advice. <laughs> it's not going to be fun. So um, I've I've done both, man, to be quite honest with you. And I've 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 tried to prepare with things on my conscience. Um, and it was, it was, it was terrible, man. And, 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 and when, in the times where I have just been, um, you know, um, just right before the Lord and you know what I'm talking about, I'm not talking about a justification issue. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about your conscience 
And I'm talking about um, walking um, clean before your God. And when you when you prepare in that heart with that mindset, um, you're going to do just fine. And and to just speak boldly, have That's no right. fear. God has equipped you. He is the reason yeah. you're being asked to be uh, preaching the word is because somebody is seeing the evidence of God's gifting on you. Uh, and so yeah. go forth in that and right. preach boldly and don't be afraid. That's yeah. what I would say. That's, I think that's all really, really good advice. I, I'd, I'd, I'd remind you that, um, brother, you do not need to preach the perfect sermon because mm-hmm. the perfect sermon has already been preached by Jesus. Yeah. So, yeah. so lean into the knowledge of who you are, you know, a son of God. And, uh, and the spirit will carry you through definitely everything that Chris just said is spot on study and pray a lot. Um, I mean, I have my own routines when I'm, I, I pastor a, sm- a small growing little church and, um, every time it's, it, it, it's, uh, I pray, 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 I probably pray 10 times more than I do anything else. And then, um, yeah. So, yeah, and, and and lean on the people that have gone before you, bro. You know, you've got pastors at your church that are asking to do this, I'm assuming, or elders, uh, you know, sit down with them and how do they do it practically? How how are they prepping, you know, and, and kind of learn learn from them. But uh, but I can't beat any advice that, that, that on the – I can't beat the advice that Chris just gave you. It's good stuff, man. Congratulations, yeah. dude. That's so cool. Thank you. It's super rad. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's super interesting super exciting uh i mean you know I, i've always felt god calling me that way you know and um of course at first i was so scared you know i was like yeah no god i don't speak to people that's not happening sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and eventually of course you know how god works he's like oh no but you are yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 it's funny man i know i know the feeling exactly i feel the same way and uh and just so you know i'm nervous uh, before every time I speak, man, and I do it for a living. So I, that's just the way I am. I, I mean, my boss, Greg Kokel and the other guys I speak with, they might not feel the same way, but every time before I go out on that stage, whether it be preaching uh, a sermon to, to my people or whether it's, uh, you know, speaking in front of an audience, a, a large audience, I feel, I mean, I, I feel, usually I feel pretty sick to my stomach, to be honest, but it's the weight. That's why it's just the weight of, uh, you know, I, I know what I'm doing. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm standing in when you're preaching from the pulpit, you're standing in for Christ and, uh, it's, oh, yeah. it's God who's working through you. It's not your, it's, it, it, these aren't your words. These are the words of the Lord. And there's a heavy weight with that. Absolutely. So, but I, I'm, I'm man, I'm so stoked for you. Nothing is more pleasurable than preaching the word of God, in my opinion. So you've got a bright future, man. Praise the Lord, dude. Hey, call, call me back and tell me how it goes. Absolutely, yeah. I'd love to hear an update. Yeah, so, no. Awesome, man. I should be doing it this Sunday. So. This Sunday? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> man. This is this is going to be good. I can't wait. I cannot wait to hear. So in, uh, next month, you got to call back and let me know how it went. And, uh, Definitely. That's, a, that's amazing, dude. Well, congratulations, brother. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Dominic. Thank you for all the advice. Hey, my pleasure. Call back anytime. We'd love to hear from you. So uh, good questions. Absolutely. Thanks, Dominic. Dude, uh, man, that's a great call, man. Dominic, you're rad. Keep it up. Keep up the good work, man. Stay, Stay true. Stay pure. Chase after God and all things. 
So his question was literally like, hey, what am I doing tomorrow? Yeah, I know. <laughs> to get ready for the sermon yeah, yeah, that I'm preaching yeah. on Sunday. Yeah, it, yeah. Well, that's true, too. Dominic, if you're still listening, man, if you haven't started your prep yet, I'm just letting you know. <laughs> you got to wake up to, tomorrow morning yeah. early. Find your prayer closet and lock yourself in. Lock yourself in. Get a, get a good commentary. Yeah. Uh, that's another piece of advice I'd give him is don't get too many commentaries. Yeah. You know, if you go to Ligonier, uh, Ligonier has a great... Uh, they a great recommendation of resources for books of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, Tim Challies at Challies dot com. It's C H A L L I E S dot com. Mm-hmm. He uh, there's a lot of overlap between him and Ligonier, but if you want like commentaries on every book of the Bible, he recommends the top five or six. Mm. You can't go wrong. Most are available on Amazon nowadays. Most for Kindle or for next day delivery, which actually wouldn't help you. Because you you are preaching tomorrow, (laughs) literally. literally. So uh, good for you, Dominic. Oh, man. Now, how do we make a clever transition with the last 10 minutes or seven minutes that we have into (laughs) post-millennial stuff? I feel like this happened last time we talked about post-mill. Yeah, I mean, maybe hey, God doesn't want us to talk about it. Yeah, I don't know. It's like Bruno. Have you you haven't seen that movie yet? Have you? Because you don't have kids my kids' ages. No, I don't even. And Chant and Canto. Nah, there's this song that's like taking the world by storm that we don't talk about. Bruno, okay. and it's like this song, and it's Bruno is like this long lost, you know, son who's you know shamed the family. And we don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> okay. No. Anyways, it's the most popular song since Let It Go. <laughs> okay. And. uh so we don't talk about eschatology, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Transition us in, man. Well, I'll, let me just read. Uh, just read. I'll just read this, and um, we will see where uh, it takes us. See where it takes us. Yeah. Um, I believe a right view of Jesus as the victorious King, not just spiritually, not just in the already, but not yet, but in history. In Earth's timeline, right now and for all time, will drastically shift our collective subconscious psyche from one of loss, fear, disappointment, and escapism to one of victory, courage, patience, and engagement. The message of Christ's kingship and victory is meant to be heralded from the mountaintops, a message delivered to a once conquered and enslaved people, a message that the old king has been defeated and a new king has been crowned a king that has liberated them from the curse of the old a king who ascended to the right hand of the father and now rules and reigns that message must be actualized in reality not spiritually contextualized because it's hard to see the progress in our timeline we belong to the king our charge is to press the crown rights of christ to claim ground already purchased for the kingdom, not by might, not by power, but by the spirit of the living God. Dude. Dominic, if you want a sermon right there, just, uh, just rewind, copy, paste, you're good to go. I mean, absolutely, man. Well, that's, that's what we're talking about. That's what the post-mill position brings to the table. I mean, it is full confidence, full-on battle. We are ready. Yeah. Uh, and not only are we ready, we know we win. Right. So when you fight, you fight with victory in mind. It's not an if, it's it's a when. Right. You know, and there's and there's nothing that's going to stop us. There's nothing. And you know? I will say this, you know, there's all millennial guys who just will not change their position, and I don't necessarily want people to change their position. I would say that really what it comes down to as far as eschatology is there's optimillennialists <laughs> and pessimillennialists. Sure. People that are <laughs> looking at the future and are 
um, looking at it through a victorious lens That's right. of, of Christ's victory. And then there's the pessimillennialists who are looking at it from a, um, a standpoint of like everything's going down. Yeah. And Christ will fly in, you know. And, and just take and, the church out, and just the rapture. Just, you know, bring us out as as everything just burns all around us. And I think that as long as people are optimillennialists, optim- <laughs> um, I think that we're, we can stand shoulder to shoulder, side by side, and fight for the same purpose, for the same goal. I think the the attitude or the the temperature of our um of of our christian world right now is changing so that we can now engage we yes. can now progress we can now start building we can now you know um press on and 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 move on from this this kind of era and i think that as long as you're Thinking along those lines, I don't really care where you think Christ is coming back, if it's, you know, after, before, then, in the middle, or whatever, as long as we're pressing in. And I will say this, just to kind of, like, not bag on the dispensational premillennialists, they do a good job right now. I think it's inconsistent. Yeah, yeah, sure. (laughs) But they do a good job. There is a lot of people out there that are... Building schools, yes. they are um, engaging culture. They are doing all the things that I'm preaching about here as a post millennialist. But they have a escapist mentality. Yeah, sure. So it's 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 not that I'm totally 100 percent bagging on one side or the other. I'm just saying, hey, let's move forward. Yeah, let's think optimistically. Let's think with hope filled minds that Christ is victorious and we can accomplish what he has already won. Yeah. And I, and I love what you're saying because like it sets us up. This is why I like the position and, and I'm going to kind of reiterate what you said and take it maybe a step further. Like there, there are a lot of, I don't want to be like you said, bag on, on other eschatological positions because there are a lot of great scholars. There's a lot of great men and women who have written on these things that I respect. Yeah. Uh, and in, like, I mean, I, I respect a lot, you know, that, that don't agree with me on this position, but I do love what you're saying because like, I, I just feel like the church in general, the church Catholic, the church universal has been a sleeping giant and it's this position. It's this, it's the post-millennial position that sets the church up for take dominion yeah. over all of these areas. Like you're talking about, you know, I mean, not just the theology, but like educational institutions, the arts, man, mm-hmm. we've, we've talked about here on the show, the, the arts are starving. You know, for solid Christians to take dominion over that. I mean, Hollywood is is overrun by by liberals who who are destroying things, and and it's the post millennial position that that really is going to help us engage these issues. But not only that, just take them over, you know, and become amazing artists, not Christian artists, not Christian movie makers, but just movie makers and artists and. And and like you said, take take everything that that Christ has already won, Mm -hmm. and now we're just claiming it. And uh, I love where it leads us, man. I absolutely love where it leads us. So any parting thoughts for us? I mean, we've got like two minutes left. Yeah, I just think that, you know, um, as we engage and as we uh, begin to kind of build along these lines, um, keeping that mindset, you know, there there's this there's this mentality like with Hollywood you mentioned, you know, Hollywood has kind of like created this this empire that seemingly seems like un uh, like like we cannot win 
Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lost cause. Yeah. yeah. That's, it's not true. That's a lie. There's giants in that land. Yeah, yeah. You know what there's I mean? Giants. Like, We're grasshoppers. Yeah. But that's right. If Good. we truly believe that, that Christ is victorious and we are going somewhere eschatologically, yeah. then all kingdoms will be Christ's. All industry will be Christ's. All business will they be Christ's. They already Christ. are. All everything. And so as we press into that, as we build, as we, you know, create culture, as we engage in the, the movie making and the, the different culture building type endeavors, we can know that Christ one day, maybe not in our lifetime, but one day will take over all of this stuff. That's right. Know? Yeah. I mean, he already, he already owns it all yeah. and it's already his. And so, so there's no neutrality. We got to remember this. There's no neutrality. It's either, it, it, it's either, uh, it, it's either Christ's or it's Satan's. Mm-hmm. Right. So we got to remember that. So and and Christ has already conquered Satan. And and so the so the devil, the lot, the great liar, his lies are being dispelled. And we, the Christian church, are able to move into these things and help dispel them. And that's what's going to take. So so it's either and there's a whole lot to say here. We have like 30 seconds left. But here's the music. But it's also like a lot of these things that we're seeing also come as judgment, too. Let's remember that. Mm -hmm. So so we got to remember that there's there's a fair amount of judgment coming, even in the post millennial perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, Judgment still happens when and that happens when the Christian isn't taking dominion. That's when the church falls asleep, Uh, just like in ancient Israel, when the when the Israelites turned their back on God, judgment fell hard and that's that can happen here too uh, on us so it's time that we turn that corner like what you were writing in your piece which yeah. we didn't even get to read the whole thing but yeah. that time is over right. there's a there's a there's a resurgence or um a reformation happening Definitely. and and i hear you man so hey that's that is our hour yikes a rooney we're done there it is so, hey guys thanks for listening this is apologetics.com radio where we challenge believers to think and thinkers to believe i'm john noise for chris jenkins have a good night we'll hear from you next week talk to you then bye-bye